Our RNZ business reporter Anan Zaki is with us now. Kia ora Anan and Fonterra's earnings are on the up. Kia ora Charlotte. Yes, Fonterra's improved full-year profit outlook is a bright spot in an otherwise tough year ahead for farmers. The dairy cooperative has revised its full-year earnings forecast to the top end of its range of 55 to 80 cents per share, which is expected to boost the final dividend payout. Chief Executive Miles Hurrell says the final dividend will also be at the top end of the range. Dividend policy talks of a 40 to 60 percent um, a, a dividend range, and again, we want to signal at this early stage that uh, the intention at this point is to is to pay at the top end of that dividend policy. Uh, I think re- reflecting the situation that, that that our farmer farmer shareholders are experiencing right now to give them uh, some confidence that uh, we'll be paying at the top end of the of the dividend range. Miles Hurrell says Fonterra will also be returning capital to shareholders at a rate of 50 cents per share following the sale of its Chilean business. Westpac agri-economist Nathan Penny says the improved full-year result will help Fonterra's farmers, but others will continue to find the going tough. So next week they'll receive a one-off payment or capital return of 50 cents per share following the sale of Fonterra's Chilean business, Sofrole. Um, and then they're likely to see a reasonably healthy dividend uh, following Fonterra's annual results with one, one little caveat. There's not everybody supplies Fonterra, so some of those other farmers who don't, um, it's going to be particularly tough for them. Fonterra will confirm its final full-year earnings and dividend when it reports its financial results next month. And Sinlay Milk has today lowered its forecast milk price for suppliers to $7 a kilo of milk solids, matching the reduction by Fonterra last week. The manufacturing sector contracted for the fifth month in a row in July, with activity falling to the lowest level since August 2021. The BNZ Business New Zealand Performance of Manufacturing Index fell just under a point to 46.3. A reading below 50 indicates manufacturing activity is declining. Outside of COVID lockdown periods, it was the lowest reading since the 2009 global financial crisis. BNZ senior economist Doug Steele says the level of new orders was well behind inventory levels, which does not bode well for production ahead. New orders is one of many indicators that were weak. It's not a good sign for demand. And at the same time, inventories are building. So it suggests that the outlook for production ahead is weak, given that demand is is already soft enough to see inventory still building. Production is already falling, so it, it isn't a good look for GDP going into the second half of the year. We actually think the second quarter GDP might manage some sort of positive, but these numbers for July suggest that entering into the second half of the year, growth might well start turning negative again. Doug Steele says the weakness is widespread, with the unadjusted PMI of every major industry falling to sub-50 in a month, something not seen even during the GFC. The company earnings season kicks off on Monday, and it's expected to be a bumper one for the big listed electricity companies. Forsyth Bar energy analyst Andrew Harvey Green sees a perfect combination of factors will deliver what he estimates will be an 18% rise in the collective operating earnings to around $2.7 billion. Record levels of hydro generation will account for a large portion of the improvement, along with higher margins and the impact of acquisitions. Andrew Harvey Green details how the companies should fare. 
In these results, um, you're going to see uh, uh, Genesis and Mercury perform particularly well and, and um, will be their best of the year. And, and again, that comes back to uh, North Island hydro generation being uh, particularly strong. Um, but all of them have performed reasonably well, interestingly, actually, in the second half of the year. It's uh, more of a, a contact and um, meridian story. Um, but as ever, most uh, you know, investors, I guess, will be looking forward and, and seeing what uh, the companies, how they um, uh, guide towards uh, uh, 2024, FY24 earnings. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that's probably going to be um, probably the key focus. However, Andrew Harvey Green says with $4 billion worth of renewable energy projects in the pipeline, he expects the companies will retain much of the increased earnings and dividend growth will be restrained. And the key figure he and other investment analysts watch for is EBITDAF, earnings before interest, tax depreciation, amortisation and fair value moves on instruments, which he says strips out the accounting noise. Listed healthcare property investor Vital Healthcare is holding up its hand to provide public medical facilities through public-private partnerships or some other arrangements. The company specialises in developing and leasing private hospitals, diagnostic and treatment services and aged care facilities on both sides of the Tasman. Among its local assets are the Wakefield, Bowen and Balcott hospitals in Wellington and the Ormiston and Ascot hospitals in Auckland. Tefatu Order is a tenant in some buildings, but Vital's fund manager Aaron Hockley says they they are more than willing to provide more public facilities. We'd be happy to engage on all manner of arrangements. PPPs is an option. Uh, also, just us building uh, new facilities, part um, tenanted by the public service, uh, is an option. Uh, and also us partnering with uh, private operators to fill some of the gaps that the public sector can't currently provide is also an option. Aaron Hockley says such developments would be unlikely to be hospitals, but ancillary and special treatment facilities. The country's biggest KiwiSaver provider is partnering with two US financial giants as it looks to further grow its business. ANZ Investments has signed two separate non-binding memorandum of understandings with Mercer and BlackRock. It comes after BlackRock announced a $2 billion climate investment fund with the government on Tuesday. ANZ says the agreement with Mercer will leverage ANZ's local expertise with Mercer's global reach. And it says the agreement with BlackRock includes risk management services. ANZ says it's aiming to improve long-term customer outcomes and ANZ remains accountable for its investment decisions. Now we haven't got the broker just yet so we'll go to some other business news. The Financial Markets Authority has issued a warning against a listed software company Enprise Group for failing to keep proper accounting records. The FMA says Enprise did not provide it with sufficient evidence to support disclosures and assumptions made relating to the value of its Australian subsidiary Kilimanjaro Consulting and certain tax-related assets, and the financial year ended June 2022. Enprise accepts the warning, saying the issue relates to a dispute over a decision by accounting software provider MYOB to reduce margins in 2022, which affected Kilimanjaro Consulting. Kilimanjaro implements MYOB software. Two New Zealand companies have been named by Forbes magazine in the top 200 small and medium performers in the Asia-Pacific region. 
Rubber components maker Scalarup and the bluff port operator Southport are the only local companies named. The list comprises what are regarded as the 200 top performing small and mid-sized businesses in the region, with the annual sales above 10 million US dollars and below 1 billion. The nominees were judged on their outperformance despite stiff global headwinds such as inflation and rising costs. Chip-making companies and IT stocks dominated the list. And we'll be back with a wrap of the day's news and numbers around half past five in Checkpoint. But for now, Charlotte, that is business. Kia ora.